Today I'm going to be joined by Lauren Rollins from Akamai. Akamai is a, a tech giant based out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. And today Lauren and I are going to talk about the work that we've done in partnership with Akamai over the last four to five years around developing and running leadership academies. Focuses today is, is to explore the partnership that we've had with Lauren and her role uh, in that, but also it's to explore the, the content of the academies and what we've been able to do around the measurement of those academies, which has led to two awards for Akamai in partnership with ourselves, which is the ATD Award for Leadership Measurement and also the Brandon Hall Award for the same content. So looking forward to digging in today, hearing a bit about the partnership and then also just touching on that measurement piece towards the end. Enjoy. Thank you so much for having me, Colin. I am thrilled to be here. I am thrilled to share our side of the story from an Akamai standpoint, my personal story with all of you. It's thrilling to be part of the learning and development space, especially over the course of the year and a half of the pandemic that we've had. So I'm actually serving in a role as a global talent development specialist at Akamai, partnering very closely with Colin and the Potential Squared team. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it's it's been quite a year, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it has. A year like no other, is, that's for sure. And there's been a serious side, but I do remember that sitting in that room with you um, and deciding what we were going to do and all the ifs and buts and plans and maybes and possiblies and everything else. But actually, we probably had a more successful year in terms of the delivery this year than we've, we were expecting or we've had in previous years. It's been it's a bit so bonkers. True. It, it really has been. And I, I think back to that moment pretty frequently of, you know, going through my mind was, oh, we'll be at this for, you know, a month or two, and then we'll be back in person and people yeah. will be traveling and flying. Um, and, and we pivoted pretty quickly, but mm. we had a wildly successful year from a virtual standpoint. We were pleasantly surprised. Mm, I love I that. Not. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. We were delighted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Compared to what we thought True. it would be. So, oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, I know. And I, let's dig into that later on because I, I think there's some, yeah. there's some learnings because we were on a journey in terms of measurement of the leadership academies that we were working on. But, and that's okay. sort of in theory, we thought might go and might, we might lose that, but we didn't. But I, I wanted to I wanted to go to the journey of the story of you beforehand and you know give us a potted yeah. history of how you've got here and maybe yeah. some of the, the highs and the lows you've been through. Yeah. yeah. It's a great question. And it can be a really long story or a really short <laughs> story. So I'll take you on an abbreviated version. But I actually started out, you know, my my college years of going to school on a volleyball scholarship with the intention of becoming an elementary school teacher. So I went in for early education, elementary education, and I actually transferred two years into my college years. And I started working full-time and going to school full-time. And in a way, it felt like I had failed myself, you know, going to school and having to change directions and kind of stepping away from the elementary education part. But when I got a job full-time um, and I was working at EMC Corporation in the learning and development space, I found that the adult population wasn't too different from kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and in some ways, um, in a lot of ways, I guess, adults are actually harder to change from a mindset perspective where, you know, kids are like sponges and they absorb everything really quickly and they can be influenced pretty easily. And adults, it can take a bit 
you know, a bit longer to do that with. Mm-hmm. And some of them, you know, they're pretty stuck in their ways. They've been doing certain things for a long time and, you know, they've been introduced to models here and there, but some have stuck, some haven't. So um, found that I love the space of learning and development and, and the mind and the growth mindset piece. It started out with coordinating logistics and, you know, doing the back end piece. So seeing how everything functioned from a mechanical perspective and then wanted to have children. So mm. I, I had my first daughter and thought maybe I would step away. And Sounds I like would... there's a long list of daughters coming out here. Let's there's, clarify. There's... <laughs> <laughs> my first daughter. My first child. My, my right. first daughter I was. <laughs> we won't go that far, but no. we, we will. there are three of them now. Yeah. Um, but with my first daughter, I took a step back and I had had these thoughts too, that I would be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And after my first daughter and you know having that maternity leave, I realized that a career was actually a lot more important to me than I had once thought. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to maintain the social perspective and maintain focusing my mind on growing and developing as well as helping others do the same. Mm-hmm. So I put having children, you know, first mm-hmm. I had uh, my first daughter, then I had mm-hmm. a second daughter. Mm-hmm. And after my second daughter, I have actually left um, EMC and joined Akamai. Mm-hmm. And it was a nerve wracking experience because I had been with that company for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really comfortable in the organization. I was comfortable knowing who to reach out to if I had questions, who to partner with and collaborate with. But at the end of the day, I realized for myself, I needed to take this leap. And if I wanted to be in a more leadership role and take on more responsibilities, that I needed to do this for myself. So I did it. And I haven't looked back since. I've, I've loved every moment of it. It gave us the opportunity to work together and partner together to create an, just an amazing learning experience for our employees. Mm, it's been brilliant. I mean, it's uh, it's a joy. Talk, talk to me about EMC. For those who don't know yeah. EMC and Akamai, just give us a flavor of what both companies do. So we yeah. Can, uh, so EMC is a, a large computer storage company, and they actually merged with um, Dell Technologies at mm. the end of my span there. You were part and, of um, that? No. <laughs> I was I was there for it. And you know, part of what also had kickstarted, you know, me wanting to look for other options and other opportunities was for me personally in the learning and development space and where I was, it was positioned to us as a, a merge, but it felt more like an acquisition. And you know, Dell Technologies was coming in and it was more of you know Dell's way than a part a true partnership. Mm-hmm. And the morale was was pretty bad um, for mm-hmm. certain groups because with any merger acquisition, you know, comes layoffs, unfortunately. So that was happening. And I was fortunate enough to keep my role there. Um, but it was just, it was time for me to kind of spread my wings and, and look mm-hmm. elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in pain points. You know, you go through something like the merger and, and you learn from that because there was obviously a culture that you enjoyed. You said you're comfortable and knowing you well, comfortable is not a word I would say that you're pushing yourself and you're stretching yourself and assembly your standards, but there was a culture there that you were comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I, I'm, I'm a people person, you know, when mm-hmm. it, when it boils down to it, I love working with different people. I love, you know, positive energy and I just wasn't getting that. And it wasn't mm-hmm. fulfilling for me from a personal standpoint, as well as a professional standpoint. So it was time to, to move on. And, um, 
it was actually an external vendor who had introduced me to Akmai. He was facilitating mm-hmm. some project management courses and he said, you know, there's a great opportunity and I think you'd be a perfect fit for it. And mm-hmm. the rest is history. Yeah, it is. Yeah. What a good recruit Akamai got. So talk to me about Akamai because it, it's it's quite a unique story behind Akamai and what it's involved with. But maybe you could yeah. give a you could do it more justice than I could in terms of the story. Yeah. So Akamai helps make the internet more safe and secure. So we have servers across the world and they try and eliminate the number of touch points between people accessing the internet. So they're trying to make it faster for the end user. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know a lot about Akamai, you know, prior to joining the organization, um, but have come to, to know and love it. And, you know, once joining, I was immediately immersed into the leadership academies. And it really takes people away from their day job of, you know, the control centers or the engineer perspective or, you know, marketing to really take a look at themselves and helping develop themselves to be a better people leader at the end of the day. Mm. And I, I, you know, going to ACMI, I love the the control panel where you see, yeah. I got the, the chance oh. to go in and see where they were fighting hackers and yeah. the different, the big wall spaces. And there's a hacker yep. You're looking up going, how, how do you know that's a hacker? But, but actually they, when you start to think about how you use your computer, how you use the internet, and then you think about, you know, the, the our computers in the UK went down yesterday, the government went down. And you think about that, there's, there's all these people out there who are doing that. And you're part of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And constantly trying to, to your point, you know, there are fishers all the time. There are people that are trying to hack our systems and it's happened. You know, it mm-hmm. happens to, um, you know, the best companies across the globe, but that control panel, when I had my first day and went through orientation and was able to get a tour of the knock center, it's, yeah. It, it just puts it all into perspective when you see those up on the board and you mm-hmm. see the just millions and millions of people that are accessing the internet and trying to hack and how we can help prevent and stop those from happening and save our customers and our clients at the end of the day. It's really empowering. Mm-hmm. That's great. And it, it leads to a different type of character because I want to explore. It's the only organization I've ever known where we're running a leadership academy. We're teaching them with models and theories. And the cohort of people going through it have set up their own subgroup where they are doing their own research on the models and theories we're going to teach them. So by the time our facilitators are getting in the room, this audience is is challenging our theories, our rationale, our work. So it's that it's deep thinking, intellectual rigor that they've got in there, which is a tough challenge for you in the the learning space, isn't it? It really is. And, you know, that was one of the differences that I found when joining Akamai was, I mean, sure it happened, you know, it happens at other companies as well, but the folks really do take it. Some it's just black and white. You know, it's they, they read something and they say, well, this is the way it is. And it's not a matter of someone being right or wrong. It's a matter of, you know, finding that balance or that happy medium or putting it into a scenario that they can equate it to within their role and their jobs to understand how is this going to help me? How is this going to help my team? And how is this going to help us become more effective in our roles and save time, save money? Because you're right, they do. I mean, they think of it as, nope, this isn't going to help me. 
let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, just, I remember that that moment in, in Florida. I was running a course and I started on a theory and they said, no, we, we don't like that theory. We, we don't want to cover that. And I said, and the only reason you're still standing up here is because you've got Potential Squared's name and the Academy has got a good reputation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I carried on not saying anything later on. They said, so what's your role? And I said, well, I'm actually the owner and founder of Potential Squared. So and they went, <laughs> oh, okay. But they were right. still in that quizzical <laughs> mode, which is it's yeah. Karen and Rachel and the other people have got mm-hmm. our credibility. They've right. got the credibility. You've yeah. got to earn yours, which yeah. you know, stuff. Yeah. But what really helped me is what you had first introduced me to was the how might we statements. Mm-hmm. You know, how might we, you know, do X, Y, or Z? So it's not starting off with, here's the solution. Let's find a way to work it in. It's how might we do this? Let's, mm-hmm. let's explore it. Let's have a conversation and open up that discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think that has opened some people's minds to being more receptive to doing things a little bit differently than what they're used to. Yeah, And I think that there is a piece in here that, you know, when you're, when you've got a good technical skill, it doesn't always necessarily mean that it's a good leadership skill or behavioral skill behind it. So it's been, it's been a fascinating journey and it's been four years plus uh, in that journey. Yeah. So it has. And I think to your point, we have a lot of folks who are more introverted by nature Mm -hmm. and are more, you know, focused on their roles and they don't take time, nor have they had opportunities to really take a step back and focus on their professional development and themselves as a leader. And I think, you know, as we'll get into with the behavioral evaluations is have an opportunity to do a 360 and really understand how they're perceived in the organization, where are some opportunities for improvement with themselves. But the academies has really been a baseline for them to start learning those models and those behaviors to really make a change and to become more effective. And, you know, you mentioned how might we design thinking, the partnership we've had with you, your colleagues in there. Um, it has been brilliant because people are willing to go in that type of environment. They're willing to go with a design thinking approach, you know, the, the fail early, learn quickly, move it on. You know, we've had our regular failures, but they've always been in a direction, which has been great. So, yeah. yeah. And I think that's also a piece that is a bit daunting for folks because we don't always have a forum or a chance for folks to feel like they can fail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, have time or cycles to innovate yeah. and, and try new things and try and do things differently. So I feel like some organizations can, you know, get stuck in the same rut for quite some time because they don't have the chance to experiment or they don't allow their employees to have that chance to experiment. Mm, it's been it's been great it's been a, a great journey i want to go back so i want to go back to some of your stories because I, I loved your going back to your thinking about teaching um, mm-hmm. and the volleyball piece yeah. and yeah. then the it it's the, the it, there are so many parallels between teaching children and teaching adults and and we talk about creating playgrounds and that was almost your playground to have a go at something yeah. and work out that this was okay but yeah. there was something else out there Mm-hmm. So, so talk to me about how you dealt with that and what you learned moving into EMC after that. Yeah. yeah, there are so many learnings. And I think for me, you know, sports were really, really big. So I grew up with three brothers, a very close knit family. Um, we fought, but we love each other at the end of the day. And it was very competitive. And so I grew up, you know, playing three or four sports at a time, was the captain of um, those teams. So I always had this competitive nature and the 
want to lead. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when I, you know, went to school, had this in my mind from when I was a little girl that I wanted to be a teacher mm-hmm. because I thought it was something that I could be okay at. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I could, you know, lead and help teach people. And for me, going in that direction and then pulling away from it was really hard mm-hmm. and feeling like I was a failure and that I had to start all over again was overwhelming. So mm-hmm. it took me some time to realize it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it didn't work out the way I had it planned in my head, there are so many other people that that happens to. And it's it's not the end of the world, mm-hmm. you know? So we have a, a reset button, we start over. Mm-hmm. And as I started in that role, I realized that I really did like the space. And I realized that if I had children, I could still teach them. It would be a different capacity than the actual classroom, but I would have that chance to teach them there. And it wasn't until I think that clicked for me that I realized I could do other things within my career and still advance and progress in a way that was meaningful for me. Yeah. And I'm not going to undermine teachers because my wife is a teacher. So I'm just not going to go there because <laughs> my husband's a principal too. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're not going to go there. And uh, the self-correcting system of the child's mind is, is an amazing thing. Laughing one moment, crying in the next moment, best friends with one, the best friend at one moment, and then, you know, worst of enemies mm-hmm. on the next moment. So, but I, I think there is something in terms of our learning is also about our movement of, of the dials when we've been looking at measurement. Yeah. about getting people's systems and habits change when they get to adults. It's a, it's a more difficult task, yeah. But 100% agree. So what, if you had to pick out your EMC and what some of your maybe biggest failures were or be more wrongs in there and what you learned from them, what would they, yeah. what would you say? Yeah. I think one of the, the failures or be more wrong for me is um, not having enough self-confidence hmm. uh, in myself. Which, you know, looking back at the time, it was great. I, I, I worked with a lot of great colleagues. I learned a lot. But for me, I wish I had had the self-confidence to say, you know, let's do this. And I think I held myself back from mm-hmm. opportunities at the time that I thought either I you know, wasn't accredited for or, you know, I was more junior within the organization. So I should let somebody else take that. And I wish I had had the confidence and own self-worth to be able to say, I can do it at the time. And it's not something that comes overnight. I've worked at it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I would love to empower my children, mm-hmm. you know, to have that confidence at a younger age. And I think there's a very big difference between, you know, being conceited and yeah. having confidence. So I think that's certainly one for sure. Yeah. Um, and two, just getting stuck in the same routine. Uh, well, it's, it's what I know. So let's just yeah. continue doing it, you know, mm-hmm. rather than stepping outside that sandbox and, you know, going mm-hmm. out into the big world to say, there's a lot more than, you know, what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. And the self-confidence knowing you is a, is an interesting one because there's a captain competitive driven desired. And when you see you in action, when you come on a call, yeah, you're handling your internal stakeholders. There's no lack of confidence in there. So, and we joke about the Lauren Rollins. But it's, it's interesting because I suffer from that as well. But, but for you, you had a specific thing that you were mentioning earlier on about your daughters and you wanted yeah. to, yeah. You know, to bring that to them. Why? I did. 
Because I feel it's so important. I think there have been huge strides made more recently, but I feel like females in general, there's just this notion, even growing up from middle school into high school, you know, it was ingrained in us in high school that we need to go to a good college. We need to get a good career or you'd more or less be seen as a failure. And I, I think oftentimes within organizations as males are promoted more frequently than mm-hmm. females and statistics have shown that. And I think women are just as capable, if not more capable in some areas. And I feel that women don't go for certain roles or certain jobs because, you know, they take a look at a resume and they say, well, I can't do that 100%. So I'm not even going to, you know, Mm. take the chance at applying for it. And it's really important that we instill, you know, some of these values and character traits at a young age. So it's really important for me to do it, certainly with all of my children, more so, I think, with my girls, but certainly mm. with my son as well, so that they can grow up to be. Who you know, is a real old character yeah. in his own right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he'll have any problems with the, the self-confidence. <laughs> <and> <laughs> he's quite an extrovert. Yeah, because I, you know, as a father of daughters, as I self-describe myself, then my identity is in there. It's always been that that piece, and I think some of it, some of the benefits of of how you know the the women in my life have added to me, the Sharons of this world. Yeah. There's a massive benefit for you in terms of how we operate. There's a massive benefit. So it's it's about it's not changing. It's it's actually giving the opportunity equity is the word I would use to absolutely to allow that to happen. Cause what we don't want to do is create a, a bunch of me's. Yeah. yeah. Or, uh, we do want that. No, we do want that. We just want to have females that I think at a younger age feel like they are worthy, you know, of, of those yeah. same roles as, mm. as males are. And there's probably quite a few men listening uh, and also different other diversity mm-hmm. angles. You can look at this, you know, in terms of, you know, I've got yeah. quite a few friends who, who are, are dyslexic or have you know built a career where they, they struggled with their learning and wondered why it was. And now they're, they've been successful. They overcome it. So there are so many different aspects. So this, this concept of equity and, and almost a level playing for uh, field for people is important. So let, let's hop on to the, the measurement because that's yeah. that's where we first started really working together around yep. this. And it's been a journey that's led to two awards for you. One is the ATD, yep. Measurement of Leadership Impact, and then mm-hmm. the Brandon Hall Award as well. Yep. Just for people listening, because those two awards will probably mean something to some people, but nothing to other people who are listening. Yeah. Talk us through what it is that you did and what it is it showed that allowed you to win those awards. Yeah, happy to. And, and thanks for highlighting those. And we're, we're hoping to take home a third this year in partnership Yay. with Potential Squared. So fingers crossed <laughs> fingers for crossed. August. Yeah. yeah. So what we do is we actually measure the behavior change from the start of the academies all the way through their learning journey. So what the participants of the Leadership and Advanced Leadership Academy do is they take a self-assessment at the beginning of the leadership experience. And they also have their direct reports, their colleagues, and their manager fill out a questionnaire or a survey as well. And it gives them a baseline as to where they stand today in terms of their leadership impact, their leadership style. So it shows them some areas of strength and some areas that they can have an opportunity to work on over the course of their learning journey. 
And then what we do at the end of the experience is they take another 360. So they do their self-assessment and then those same raters, as we call them, um, fill out the survey as well. And what we're hoping to see is that from the start of the academies all the way to the end is that they've seen a positive change in their behaviors. So if there are some areas within the model um, that they need to work on, that they should. And we also have tied to those at the end, we do the pulse survey, there are value stories. So we ask them to actually share specific examples of business case or business impact where they've seen a positive change and it's actually impacted the business in a positive way as well. So we have stories from the participants, we have stories from some of their raters as well. And then we have all of the data from what we historically called the baseline to the end, which mm -hmm. is a massive positive gain for Akamai, you know, becoming better leaders, becoming more self-aware and making Akamai a better company at the end of the day. Because there was a specific pain point we started with Akamai, which was the employee opinion survey was showing a couple of areas. Do you want to explain why we started it and then maybe just some of the progression? Because it's been a four-year journey that we've been on and we've iterated every year. So maybe just give an understanding of that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you actually want to take this one? Because you yeah, were with it at the, at the yeah, end. Yeah, no, I have to. Okay, I so yeah. this is the Be More Wrong podcast hosted <laughs> by, I'm <laughs> joking. No, but I mean, the, the, the piece for us was we, we had some gaps in the leadership. So people were feeling that they weren't supported in their career. Um, and we, we, you know, Akamai were very open is we are good technical. We're great with customers and clients, but our leadership scores were lower uh, and particularly around career coaching development. So we took the um, Lomager competencies that you had at the time. Yeah, still do. And we, we actually worked down to a bucket of five or six per level that we were aiming at to work on. And then we did the process you worked on to measure. But each year we started to, to realize that, okay, we'd moved the dial on this. So we showed movement against all of those, uh, those competencies and behavioral change was happening. Uh, but we also started to iterate to say, so what else could we be hitting on? So the content was changed each year by what we'd looked at and what the scores we got there, which is part of the reason that the, the award was put in there uh, in place. So, so maybe coming back into that, because we've changed now to, to that data. You could geek out on the data if yeah. that is your, yeah. you know, your desire. <laughs> you could really geek out. But, but I want to come back into some of the stories, the value stories of the impact, because I think a lot of people listening will go, yeah. And if you're familiar with Kirkpatrick measurement, which is the level of impact of performance uh, or, or, or development in a program, level one is the happy sheets, as we would call them. Uh, level two is that you've done something and you've learned something significant. Level three is that you've got behavioral change. But level four, which is almost the holy ground, some would say level five <laughs> is there's a new version, but level four is business change. So the the value stories are critical. And that's really where when you were looking at them, you were getting really excited about them. What are some of the aspects that we were able to influence? Yeah, We were. And to your point, we could certainly geek out over the numbers and we certainly did you know yes. in terms of the, the first couple of years of measuring those taking a look at the baseline and and taking a look at the percent improvement if you will mm. over the course of historically when we started it was more of a 12-month journey and over the course of the last couple of years we've shrunk it down given the virtual capacity we've been in it's more of a six-month roughly journey mm. now but 
for us as a company and a you know leadership and development global talent development organization to see that shift and be able to highlight that shift mm. and that positive change to our leadership team has been amazing mm. and you know for them to see that change and to say this experience is really making a positive impact and it's changing our leaders and to your point, Colin, of, you know, there were gaps. There certainly mm-hmm. were. And I think in any organization, there are gaps. Yeah. And the hard part is identifying what they are and then creating an experience that will change these in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're thrilled to have been able to do that. Mm-hmm. And for our employees to really say, you know, what have I done? You know, how has this impacted the business? So we have a few that we've highlighted. So we have some business impact stories, some innovation stories, some that are related to performance management and improvement, some around psychological safety and well-being, which has mm-hmm. been really big this year, given that yeah. folks are you know in a virtual setting and they're not used to seeing their colleagues in person anymore. And mm-hmm. with the pandemic of you know not necessarily feeling like they can talk to somebody or, you know, having family that's been sick. It's really been great to have a forum of the leadership academies for them to be able to share in a safe space with the facilitators, as well as with colleagues that they haven't had an opportunity to work with in the past. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like some of the facilitators and yourself have become the the almost not counselors but the 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 ability for for people to talk about what they're going through is critical but uh, these are leaders as well because we we talk about people going through a really difficult time but for me there's a there's a generation of leaders who've gone through covid who have had to deal with all of this and do some heavy lifting for others throughout this so it's been tough yeah. Absolutely and we've actually several times have thought about rescheduling some of the sessions given you know, the circumstances around the globe and certain countries being affected and numbers rising, but we kept them and our leaders actually thanked us for it because exactly to your point, they had this forum, this safe space where some of the content, you know, that we had planned for the academies might've taken a back burner at the very beginning of the session because leaders just wanted a space to be able to talk and to vent in a way and and be able to share those best practices to say, what are you doing in these situations? How can I help my employees? Do you have any best practices that you can share? And I think that's the one takeaway every single year that's been the same is that managers love having this opportunity to work with colleagues across the globe that they never would have had a chance to work with otherwise or been able to meet otherwise. Yeah. So, you know, hearing those testimonials is is critical for us. It's been great. And I think, you know, there's, there's the work that we were just talking about before coming on air that you're doing to think about getting back to the office at a certain time and, and preparing people for the hybrid work um, is, is a critical one. And uh, what I love about Akamai working with you is that there's that deep care for the individuals and the people, you know, deep care for the customers and clients, but this going back to work where it's it's been highly into offices, yeah, is now going to hybrid. It's going to shift it, but almost in some ways it's going to uh, challenge in a good way some of the the global nature of your business because yeah, you've absolutely got well. in India, yeah. and, 
Eastern Europe. And yeah, so it's going to benefit in some ways that there's no center. <laughs> it will. It absolutely will. And I think, you know, prior to the pandemic, we had some employees that were fully in the office five days a week, didn't have mm-hmm. an opportunity given their roles within the organization to be able to work remotely. And we had to flip and adapt as every other organization did very quickly, very rapidly. And, you know, now thinking about the future of work and what that looks like and seeing that we can be successful and our engagement scores are actually the highest they've ever been. Wow. So our employees are, are thrilled at the opportunity mm-hmm. to still be able to get their job done even more effectively than they were before. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see, you know, what this hybrid model looks like and, you know, how we can continue to gain new partnerships and collaborate with other clients as well. I mean, I'm sure there's still some problems, but I do remember when you had your new office building open in Cambridge, people were wondering, well, am I not getting a desk or do I not get space? And now people are opposite going like, well, I don't really need a desk. You can have it. You can have it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so Uh, true. Yeah. So so what's what's your view going forward then for where you see learning and development in the hybrid world? If I had to put you on the spot on that. Yeah, of course. Put me on the spot. I will be the first to admit that I was really apprehensive apprehensive about going virtual. I mean, mm. when we talked about that conversation, you know, in the room that we had back in early 2020, I didn't think it was going to work. You know, our leadership academies have historically been instructor-led and our participants have loved that. They've loved mm. being able to be in person, collaborate in person, connect with people. And I thought it's not going to be the same experience. You know, how can we replicate that in-person experience to a virtual setting? And with your expertise and your team's expertise. Well, it's nothing to do with me. It's Karen, Rachel, everybody else. (laughs) To design, you know, workshops and sessions and coaching circles to still make people feel comfortable that they can share their stories. They can share those best practices and network with each other. And what we've done over the last year and a half, two years is actually created a platform where participants can engage with each other in between those sessions. So we have the virtual sessions and coaching circles, but in between those facilitated workshops, we have this platform where they can take content, they can you know, access the learning assets, they can do the work, some pre-work, some post-work, and still post and upload videos and still share those best practices. If they find you know, a TED Talk that's relevant for them and they found beneficial, they can post it right within that platform that we've named Alakai, which means leadership in Hawaiian. So we've tied it nicely to our leadership academies. But it's really been, it's been, again, pleasantly surprising for me to see that we've been able to replicate that experience in a virtual capacity and still have extremely high level one scores, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Yeah, higher than we've had before, which is yeah. that you could have knocked me over with a feather. <laughs> yeah, you? same. <laughs> yeah. So, so with the hybrid, what are you thinking? Is it more the same or is it? I think it's interesting because, you know, as we take a look at this future of work initiative and what work will look like, what office access will look like, um, you know, who will be in person, who may choose to be hybrid, who may choose to work fully remote permanently, you know, if that's mm. an option. Um, I think we'll always maintain now at least one or two virtual academies because yeah. we want folks to have the opportunity to collaborate with 
you know, participants in other regions and leaders in other regions that they wouldn't have the opportunity to collaborate with otherwise. So I think moving forward, we'll have certainly always virtual, but maybe get back in person because Mm -hmm. folks do still rave about the in-person experience too. So if we can still maintain both of those and have them be equally as effective, I think that'll be a win for us. Mm, no, it's interesting because with the use of the actors as well, yeah, I think the actors are so excited about getting back in in person, yeah. but, you know, facilitators as well. I think we all love it, but it, it has been beneficial. And I also think there's a benefit sometimes for, you know, I've had a couple of people whose their preference is introverted uh, on the Myers-Briggs and they find a real benefit that on the virtual side, they feel they don't need to compete um, they feel they can learn, they can engage when they need to, they can be passive when they need to, not passive, but listening and uh, and thinking it through. So there's there are some benefits in there. So Absolutely. Yeah. So let me flip it to the Lauren Rollins. Yes. Just think about it, because if you're going out of the, sailing your ship out of the harbor, you've done yeah. it twice, yeah? You've yeah. had that moment of going, education, no, I'm going to go yeah. into adult education. I'm going to take on, in some ways, a tougher challenge, some ways to argue. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. challenge, not alienating any yeah. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope. But, and then you've t- taken the EMC and you've taken the challenge to, to come to Akamai. But yeah. what's next for you? Where are you sailing your ship out of the harbor? What's next for me, I think, is taking on more of a leadership role. And I think I've Mm -hmm. been doing that over the last couple of years, so managing our leadership academies, but also managing our onboarding experience. And most recently, over the last couple of years, managing our internal people manager essential space where we're building and making available tools and resources for all of our people managers to ensure that they're successful and equipped with the necessary tools, systems, you know, operational tools to be successful in their role. And, you know, again, the the old Lauren Rollins would have shied away from that and taken on more of a, you know, coordinator role and taken a backseat and let others kind of lead it. But I think it's really getting on the forefront of you know, to your point, what is hybrid going to look like? What is top of mind for our leaders? What are topics that they're currently challenged with within their roles today, but also futuristically thinking, what are some of the challenges and struggles that they foresee so we can get ahead of the game to start building content for them to equip them with the skills and the tools that they need to be effective? Amen to that. I'm a big, big fan of that. I think the world of of creating a digital platform, digital learning, you know, the the piece that we're looking at, particularly ourselves, is the 18 to 20 year olds. So almost we're going back down the, the line yeah. to say, so how do we how do we make that impact is going to be key. It's and been, I think that's yeah. right, because I think, you know, they're want to categorize, but, you know, cutting edge the the college students that are, you know, they're on every social media platform. They know what's hip, what's next, what's big, what will become big. So I think tapping into their minds is going to be wildly successful for you. And we'll be, I'll be right along with the journey for you. Yeah, (laughs) no, it's, it's uh, hopefully you are. It's, it's a, it's a great piece, but it's also, how do we get the next generation of leaders to come into Akamai? Yeah. Um, and operate and get that because there's a wider pool that sometimes we don't get the access to and get the, the challenge to. But also with your global business, you know, the, your brilliant team in Bangalore, your brilliant team yeah. in Asia, the opportunity to get more and more people into those leadership positions is, is, is critical. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love that we have, you know, so we hold cohorts across the globe and I love that we are providing opportunities for leaders in, you know, multiple capacities and 
multiple organizations and roles across our company to be able to equip them with some of the professional skills and soft skills. Because as I mentioned, they don't, they haven't historically had that opportunity to really take a look and focus on themselves. You know, they get so caught up in putting out fires and, you know, the tasks of the day to day and, you know, their priority list, like everybody's, it grows. Mm -hmm. But to really take a step back and say, you know, who am I as a leader? Who do I want to become as a leader? And how can I get there? is really eye-opening. And mm. I think when we started doing the 360s, there were people and there still are leaders today that are a bit overwhelmed um, mm. you know, by that because they don't necessarily know what some people are going to say or what may arise as a challenge or an opportunity for them. So it can be a bit daunting, but they actually, a lot of leaders have come out and at the end, in the level one, when they say, what well, is the best part of this experience been? It has been the 360, you know, yeah. and that because they, they wouldn't have focused on this otherwise. They didn't know that it was an area that they should focus on. So it's really been able to have them hone certain skills and work with, you know, the facilitators over the course of that learning journey to get there. And they're very, very appreciative of that. Mm. And it's a, it's a lovely uh, way to end this is that we're going to get to the point where people who've been through the first rounds of the academies are going through the next level of the academy. But we're starting to get their people coming through the academies and we're starting to see the scores go up. So, you know, big believer that culture change doesn't happen overnight, but the leadership culture in Akamai is changing through the work and, and it's been patient. Yeah. In terms of waiting for it to happen, but we're starting to see that. So it's, uh, it's good to see. We are. And we're, I'm glad you brought that up because we have so many leaders that are huge advocates and champions of the Leadership Academy. So not only have they gone through the Leadership Academy, some to your point are going through the Advanced Leadership Academy, which is geared for the, you know, directors and senior directors. And they're talking to their managers who are now part of the Leadership Academy to say, you know, you have to go through this experience. It's been, you know, an award-winning experience Mm -hmm. for them and has really changed them and their leadership impact. So it's it's working wonders for, for our leaders and for our company. I remember in the days when I went through the Leadership Academy like you, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It It is. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're challenging. And I I love the fact that some of the design thinking pieces, people have been there. They're looking at the next challenge. They're rating themselves in terms of how they've worked on on different aspects of it. So, Lauren, it has been a complete pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thrilled that you asked me and I am always happy to talk about, you know, how we've been able to positively change and and shift some mindsets along the way. Because as I mentioned, I think it is harder for, you know, adults to kind of shift that in certain ways. But when you can crack that egg a bit, you know, the reward is worth it in the end. So. So it was a good choice for you to come to this. It was a great choice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. And I look forward to, you know, there are so many opportunities and there's, I think, such a big window for us to jump into in terms of what's next and, you know, what is the next best thing and where should our focus be? And that is really energizing and exciting to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy to be on the journey with you. Yeah. And if anybody wants to reach you, LinkedIn, where, where would yes, they find you? Yes, LinkedIn yeah. Learning. Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn Lauren. You LinkedIn Learning. Right, yeah. We do offer LinkedIn Learning. Learning uh, yes. exactly. LinkedIn, Lauren Rollins, Akamai Technologies. You can find me there. Happy to partner. Happy to hear what others are doing You know, within their organizations for from a learning and development, global talent development perspective. You know, Always happy to share and, and collaborate on best practices. Cool. 
Good. Thank you for taking the time. And and maybe soon we'll be talking about reaching level four and getting into those. Yes. And maybe the third award does come down the line. So I look forward to There we go. Toasting I that. can't wait for it. Thank you so much, <laughs> Colin. Your your partnership has, you know, helped us help our employees get them to where they are today. So we are forever grateful for that. So thank you. It's been a joy and a pleasure. So thank you, Laura. Thank you, Colin. Well, folks, quite a podcast. Thank you to Lauren for taking the time uh, today to, to talk through that. There's a number of things that we could we could talk about, but I want to just highlight the uh, one is the, the partnership and the design thinking partnership, which has allowed us to learn fast, fail early, fail forward in terms of what we were trying to do. And that's that's been very powerful for us. It's been liberating as a business to have that happen. And then secondly, the measurement piece and the journey that we're on towards that Kirkpatrick level four measurement, the business impact, and how we're trying to get that to get the return and learning and return and investment uh, measured uh, and working towards that. So hope you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear more about us as a business, potential2.com is the website. More about the book, bemorewrong.com, website, at bemorewrong Instagram, and at bemorewrong on the Twitter accounts. And I look forward to welcoming you to another podcast soon.